almost like perhaps all of East Asia that already does that was like onto something. Maybe. Yeah. We're 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 just talking about how, you know, like the pandemic is real, people should wear masks. Really good start. Um <laughs> if you don't if you don't agree, then I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah, so. I, you're very <laughs> lost. You're very lost. <laughs> you've you've gotten very lost. You're like anti like COVID is fake, but I love my content network for she's theys and gays here. So <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell me more about labor organizing and uh <laughs> sorry my you know what it's funny that as you said that what fell on the ground was my um what are these things called coaster that it my friend gave me it's a coaster of the reduct the iconic reductress headline ask <laughs> will not quit fired for trying to unionize that's incredible that's really incredible. good stuff really 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 good stuff <sighs> that is excellent. I don't know how we're going to live up to that in the next uh, amount of time until Britt has to return to her job. We're doing a daytime record. This is our new uh, new thing. I'm in my apartment rather than the car. The dog is next to me. Uh, I have a Kodai Senga cup from City Field uh, from earlier this Nothing season. Nothing but I respect just- for yeah. my Cy Young. Oh, oh. <laughs> Got to his 200th strikeout last night. We've got baseball to talk about today, Addy, from the internet. We've got racing yeah. to talk about today. Baseball to talk from about. From the internet. Uh, college football. Talk about baseball as if we, we have briefly remembered that this is ostensibly a baseball podcast. Yeah. Remember when that was a thing? When, when this was a baseball podcast? <laughs> Remember project? when we did that? Remember when we did that? Uh... Yeah, you want to start? Let's let's just start with baseball. Get it out of the way. The playoffs are going to happen. Um, the Mets will not be there. The Yankees will not be there. The Giants will officially not, not be there now. We, can, I, I don't think it's mathematically official, but like we can be honest. You know, I just have to say, I'm sure you guys all saw this. I think it was the ESPN tweet when the Mets were eliminated that was just like a picture of Mr. Met like standing a bit jovially with the enormous (laughs) all caps eliminated (laughs) I weirdly enjoy the vibe of it it's like yeah for sure I loved I loved it and and I felt like you know I thought back to the start of the season where I thought Perhaps we should be at this time. Yeah. My two, my two aces, oh. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. <laughs> we know? were so like, innocent then. We were so innocent, and I, I laughed so hard. I loved that so much. I thought it was such a hilarious little graphic, and I thought it so captured the way it has felt to be a Mets fan this year. And I just thought, you know, in, in some ways. Okay, so I rec- I'm writing. I'm writing a book. I recently interviewed these Mariners fans, and they are beside themselves right now. Like they are not well. <laughs> I I feel for them. I do. Ooh, I that I is do a too. rough. It's, it's a rough situation. And one of them, I texted them this morning. There was this like big brawl with the Astros last night, and I texted them this morning to be like, "So guys, how are you doing?" And one of them just replies, "The crops are dying." <laughs> Some thoughts about that brawl, by the way. Just well, to- okay, I would love to hear them. I will just finish my thought by saying the eliminated graphic 
really made me touch that place that's like there is so much peace to being a Mets fan when the Mets are bad. There is so much peace to just being like – and I actually – so I interviewed these Mariners fans last year because they're really superstitious and I was being really insane at the time. It was basically this exact time when the Mets were collapsing and I was also being like a really superstitious freak. So I interviewed them again like last week and they're both just like beside themselves and I'm like, you know what? They're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm awesome. I'm totally heaven. <laughs> I'm totally chill. I'm, I'm gravy. I'm great. I'm watching baseball. I'm watching SNY. I have no feelings about it. I watched the Mets like squish the Marlins last night. I'm like, fun. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> anyway. Right. What's your thoughts on the brawl, Britt? So uh, <laughs> we were discussing this briefly on Twitter. So for those who are unfamiliar, I don't I don't really know what Hector Neris' deal is. But the only the thing I Philly, ever remember. Yeah, former Philly. He was an asshole on the Phillies too, wasn't he? Yes. Didn't he? The old, with Dom the, Smith? Or was possibly, that uh, the other dude? Possibly. The only thing I specifically remember about Hector Neris, right, is that some number of years ago, he hit Buster Posey. And... Buster Posey, who has never been offended by anything in his life, essentially, uh, took umbrage with it. He he very much felt like it was on purpose, which I don't know whether it was or not, honestly. Like, I don't remember the game situation really being, I don't remember it being super obvious at the time, but like, it definitely was to him for whatever reason, which is, I think, the only time I ever remember seeing him do that, um, took umbrage with it. It is the only time I remember Buster Posey actually, like, Stepping towards the mound like he wanted to fight somebody. Like huh. he was not having it. He was not happy. And then I'll say it. Kind of a hot vibe. No, it yeah, no, it was hot. I'm not gonna lie. And then a couple of years later, I think I want to say it was like it was like two or three years later, maybe it was like a while later. That this beef maintained. Like they clearly did not like each other. And then a couple of years later, the next time I think it was the next time they actually faced each other. Hector Neris threw inside like two or three times in a row. And Buster was like, we are not fucking doing this. And then immediately hit a fucking laser into the bleachers. And it was one of those perfect baseball moments where like, that's exactly what you want to have happen, right? Like some asshole, like, um, like <laughs> throws inside, brushes you off the plate, like is like getting into it. And that is, that's exactly what you want to have happen, right? Like, oh, we're going to be like that. Fine. I'm going to take this ball and hit it 400 and some odd feet or something like that. Is, that's like, that's the cliche of what you want that moment to culminate in. And it was just, it was really beautiful. And it was so beautiful. In fact, that I continue to remember that specific incident. Anytime I see Hector Neris's name. <laughs> I should correct myself that it was not Neris with Dom Smith. It was Jose Alvarado that uh, got it. He was also, yeah. Also kind of a red but ass. Yeah, in that same right, Phillies well, bullpen. Do we have any other baseball thoughts? Because well, we got a lot going on in some other in our Sunday leagues. We've got yeah. shit moving. So much happening. The, what I wanted to ask thing I want about. Add, go oh, go ahead, bro. No, add, add what you want. I said the I, only I thing I want to add about baseball. Yes, uh, the only thing I want to add about baseball is just uh, acknowledging publicly that. Um, Garrett Cole is a goddamn delight. And also that his, <laughs> his relationship with Ben Workbet has been the fucking 
highlight of the past month or six weeks or however long it's been of this season. It is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. And I love it. And I want it to never end. I have no idea what's going to ha- come of Ben Rourke for next season because they've got like 37 catchers still under team control for another couple of years. Wait, so I don't I don't know about any of this, but as I have been on record, Garrett Cole is the only Yankee I feel kindly about. So please he's, tell me. He's spectacular. So Ben Rourke, but uh, for those who are unfamiliar. Uh, is real. Got tra- he is real, right? He got traded to the Yankees a couple of years ago and then had just like the worst string of injury luck. And there was an ongoing joke um, with Yankees fans that like, he doesn't actually exist because <laughs> he was just hurt and didn't, wasn't around and like nobody knew what was going on. Um, well, so he got called up when Jose Trevino got hurt and very quickly somehow became Garrett's like personal catcher, um, which is funny in and of itself, right? Because Garrett Cole trusts no one. <laughs> so the fact that he saw this rookie catcher and was like, yes, this one. I love that just immediately. That's that's also, I think, kind of the case with like that kind of personality sometimes is I is I do think it can be a very vibes. You tell me if this is the right read. Sometimes that relationship can be so vibes based that like it can just be the most random person, but it is so like when you, I think I could see Garrett Cole being like, no, I felt it in my gut. That was right. Yeah. No, I can absolutely see it being purely vibes or like one specific interaction like in April or like in March in fucking Tampa. And he was like, yes, no, this one. I like him. And that was like all it took. But the the hysterical thing is, though, is that they they interact like that couple that is clearly really happy and they've been together for a long time. But you watch them and you're like... You kind of, do you hate each other? Do you like what is what is this exactly? We're like they're clearly clearly very happy. They're very if you ask them about each other, they're very complimentary about each other. Something clearly is working, but you're watching it like I don't quite know what's going on. We're like Garrett just like Garrett barks at him and Ben like rolls his eyes and is like whatever and they have these just completely That's ridiculous. Beautiful. It's so funny. It's so funny. And then every siblings. Yes. It is a very siblings relationship too. Yeah. Very much. Mm. Very much. Where it's like, no, I love him and I would die for him, but also he's a fucking jackass and I'm gonna roll my eyes. I will I have a sister like him. I have three sisters and and like particularly my sister who's closest to my age. I think this is really set in now that we're both adults. My other sisters are a bit younger. I mean like At any given moment, I'm like, I love her so much. I would lay my body down in front of like a moving vehicle for her. Like I would die for her. And also like if she's ever murdered, like I will be the first person that they need to check for. Right, right. My my brother is 12 years younger than I am. And so I vividly remember when he was a kid. And so I would have been high school, college age. Um. Like, no more than probably, like, 19. Somewhere between, like, 16 and 19. And I vividly remember <laughs> where he and I are sitting in the backseat of our parents' car. And he's it – was, it was basically, like, the I'm not touching you thing. Now, I am, like, ne- nearly, if not officially, legally an adult at this point, right? I'm a teenager. 
And we're like bickering in the backseat of my mom's SUV. And my mom turns around and she was like, I swear to God, I thought that having you 12 years apart would mean that this didn't happen. Is that what's happening with Garrett Cole and this rookie catcher? <laughs> it's, like a, it's a little bit that. It's a little bit that. It, it really is somewhere between that sibling, like, I will, I yell, we will bicker constantly, but like, clearly I would die for you. Um, and yeah, and just that like, Slightly dysfunctional, but clearly actually happy couple where they just like bicker and fight all the time, but are clearly like still together and it's clearly working. 100%. It is. It's just, it's as, as a friend of mine said, it's my stories now. Uh, my grandmother. Yeah, that had, makes perfect sense. Yeah. My grandmother had one life to live. I have Garrett and Ben Rothbard's interactions <laughs> and it's mean, just, we're gonna, I love it. We're going to get to Formula One. But I, as I said to you guys, I have a take that I would like to unveil that's very oh, much like a this this is my stories now thing. I love it. Like, you know, Drive to Survive is literally my stories. Correct. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay, Jesse, what were you going to ask us about baseball? I was just going to ask, um, and Brittany made me so laugh so hard and Cough so hard, I just have to mute myself for a second. Yeah, Jessica was so vamping. Like, Britain and I were just vamping for, like, three minutes as I literally was like, is Jesse okay? Like, I'm not going to say it, but I'm like, got a little worried that he was joking. <laughs> a little concerned. It made me laugh so hard because my kids, like, on just walking home from school, like, I will have to walk between them. <laughs> and they are two years apart. <laughs> and, like, it's good to know that no matter how far apart siblings are, because I'm an only child, no. doesn't matter how many, like, there's always going to be some bullshit. So I was oh, left. Oh, Jesse. Yes. Yeah, no, yes. it is unavoidable. It is unavoidable. Yes. That's beautiful. That means your kids the are going to be, like, the best of friends someday. I hope so. Um, the The thing that I wanted to ask was, without our favorite teams in the playoffs, uh, what approach do you take to watching the baseball playoffs? Because it's still fun. Mm. Is it, do you find another team that you like? Or is it entirely spite-based, um, whoever is playing <laughs> Atlanta, the Dodgers, the Astros? <laughs> Mine is like a combination of both of those things, yeah. I would say. I definitely get like a, there's always a little bit of like vibes-based rooting that kind of organically arises, I would say. And and this year, it's always around this time, of course, that I start to see who else is in the wild card race, you know, kind of feel like feeling out, you know, who feels fun. I'm all in on the Mariners. Um, I really would love to see them in the playoffs. I would love to see them succeed. And of course, you can see that I'm, I'm diseased. Like, of course, I'm finding the one most Metsy team that's left yeah. standing to yeah. take here. And I do see that. And then I'm also um, – another, like, vibes-based thing is I want Mark Hanna to be happy. And I am Correct. all in on the Brewers for that reason. I would love to see them. At the same time, there's a huge spite element for me. It's like I – uh, really what healed me last year after our heartbreak was that the Braves and the Padres both ended up winning the same amount of playoff games. Uh, or yeah. Sorry, not the Padres. I think it was the Braves and the Dodgers won the same. Yeah. Like 
The Braves, I know for a fact, won one playoff game. They won the same number of playoff games as the Mets. And that was like the richest thing to me of all of the playoffs last year. I am going to say a really hot take, which is um, I lately have been thinking about, we talked about this, that like I just respect Phillies fans. I respect the way that they love their team and embrace their players and I hate the Braves so much at this point that, like, there's even a part of me – and I think this does go back to when Jesse and I left the first wild card game last year on the saddest seven train of my whole life. I turned to Jesse <laughs> and I said, just wait. The Phillies are going to win the World Series. <laughs> really close. You're so close. So really there, I don't know. That's another like really. That's a really like. I think it's a spite thing that they're not the Braves, and you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. What about you guys? Um. Well, I have been, I've been on the Orioles bandwagon for a while. It 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 very much started with the Adley Rushman situation. Really good one. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they're just like a charming, goofy. It's like a heart of golden retrievers playing baseball. It's like an Air Bud sequel. Like it's just ridiculous. Um, I want to watch Lily be them. happy too. Yeah. 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 She's one of us. So I can, I yeah. can get or, down. Or or yeah, fans by and large are good people. And, um, you know, Camden is a great, Camden's a great park. Um, but yeah, I, they're just fun. I think they're very enjoyable. So in this specific case, I do have a, a, an active rooting interest somewhat of that in that regard. But I think otherwise, yeah, there there's a lot of spite-based motivation. Like there are just teams or occasionally players that I just don't want to see succeed. And so I will then root for whoever they're playing, provided that whoever they're playing isn't more distasteful in some way um which is why like my my nightmare matchups that we've had like too many times over the past like 10 years is when the dodgers and the cardinals would play each other because oh. like oh just get all of you oh there's no way there truly should we just note by the way that like the cardinals are so miserable and that's oh, just, i love like, that i love the that. most boring fun little plot line in baseball it's so fun that they're not gonna be in the playoffs <laughs> I, I enjoy any playoffs that don't involve the cardinals uh we are so perilously close <laughs> it, it has been a minute um we are so perilously close to having a playoffs that don't involve the astros which, i know we need the Mar- uh, we need the mariners for that mm-hmm. Uh, like honestly, get I'm, your shit together this weekend, Seattle. Please, come on, please. Oh my God, for, for four of the good of America. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to say this right now because I I'm going to shout them out. So the people that I I think they're going to be fine with this. The Mariners fans I've been talking about are Mariners Muse, which is a pretty like similarish Willits Pen um, yeah. type fan collective, and they need magic. So if you're hearing this right now. Please adhere to all of your superstitions. I really believe that we need to magic the Mariners because I want the Astros out of this thing so damn bad. So whatever it is that calibrates the magic for you, send it all to the Mariners. Right. Whatever whatever it's got to be. Okay. We are getting to watch the 
unfolding of the baseball this weekend and other things this weekend with no F1 on the schedule, but it was a wait, pretty... Wait, wait, Jesse, what do yeah. you do without your teams in the playoffs? Oh, mostly spite, but yeah, I'm I'm down on Beautiful. Marin, uh, Mariners, Orioles, um, want them to, to do, do well. Um, yeah, I mean, generally it's like whoever hasn't done well in the longest, I would like to see do well unless yeah. it's a team that i like totally. you know um yeah it's it's a weird year when the diamondbacks are a team that i'm gonna consider being on the side of in a thing yeah. which really probably yeah. i just won't be watching it um when when they are on because there's other shit to watch there's so much baseball playoffs now like yeah the the first the first couple of rounds especially are like there's multiple games at the same time and just like there's so much yeah well Um, i have of course been thinking i will just say i've been thinking of the beautiful beautiful writing you know what oh i thought it was closer by i was gonna like literally read it from the book to you all um oh it is okay So, sorry, I'm vamping while I get this open to the right page because it is worth reading about this moment. Um, What what are we talking about here while you're finding it? Well, I wasn't going to tell you because you're going to recognize it immediately. (laughs) It breaks your heart. Is there a sport I can vamp on? To break your heart. The game begins in in the spring when everything else begins again, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings. And then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it, rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive. And then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it the most, it stops. Today, October 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped and summer was gone. Somehow, the summer seemed to slip by faster this time. Maybe it wasn't this summer, but all the summers that, in this, my 40th summer slipped by so fast. There comes a time when every summer will have something of an autumn about it. And I have been thinking about that already lately because the the chill rains have come and it's been a miserable baseball season and I've hated the Mets for every minute. And now I'm like, fuck. Yeah, no, I I had stopped watching a lot of Yankees and Giants games both because they were playing like garbage. And then like the past week or two, I found myself like watching the games even when maybe they're not very good because I'm just like, no, but I'm going to miss you. Yes, I you gotta store up. Gotta store up. Right. I hate you all and you're assholes, but I'm going to miss you. (laughs) Well, and then you're, I just thought of it again because you're so right. It's Jesse, it's so exciting. We have this, we're about to enter this time when there's so much baseball. And even before the playoffs start, when you have these like wild card races that are still very alive, like we're functionally playing playoff baseball right now. It's so exciting. Mm -hmm. And, then we have this huge glut of all of these games. It's baseball, playoff baseball all day. And then you have that first day where there is no baseball. 
while the playoffs are still going, but you have the yeah. little lull day between games. And it's it's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. As you were you reading can do your that, beautiful transition, uh, Jesse. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, well, I I hate to no, this will be the transition because I, I hate to take it this way. because uh, he's not in his forty entering his fortieth winter by any means. He's got a lot of lot of life to live ahead of him. I couldn't help uh thinking as you were reading that of um what if this was Logan Sargent's voice? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my God. A man who, you know, I think everyone, I don't think anyone should really ever be fired from their job. Logan, like, Logan needs to be fired. He, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even know if it's fired. He's just, it's like if you called up somebody from, you know, fucking Brett Beatty. Spring 2023. <laughs> like, I think, like, you can see that Logan Sargent has some talent for this, but he is in way the fuck over his head and, like, cannot handle this car at the same level as the other 19 dudes out there. Okay. Well, and it's, it's a little funny because he has cost them so much money. <laughs> so because he keeps destroying this fucking car and which is exactly what got McSchumacher canned right that like Haas was like we cannot aff- it's not that you're terrible because I do think McSchumacher is a better driver than Logan Sargent but they're like mm-hmm. it's not that you're terrible it's that we cannot afford <laughs> we we are broke <laughs> so we cannot afford to fix yeah. the car as often as we have to for you And I mean, he literally, on some level, I love him, right? Like, I love him more than ever when he crashes in both quality and the race. Right. He cannot get to the finish line. He cannot get this car around the track for one lap. (laughs) I love him for that. Like, I love him for that. It's so funny. Actually, I want to take back everything I said. Can I? Oh, you know what? Here's my transition to my hot take. And and actually, I'm going to correct this take. And, and my correction is going to lead us to what I have been teasing that I wanted to tell you all. Um, So I love, let, like, Logan Sargent. We need a guy on the grid that's Logan Sargent. We need a guy who's <laughs> so much worse than all of the other guys who will crash Every time, because the safety car always adds such a fun element that to any race. That like, is true. You, when you're watching the race, and I like literally have chills. Like I, when you're watching the race and everything is normal, and all of a sudden they cut to like Lance Stroll in the wall. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's. So right. <laughs> it's so exciting. And you know that like Max is now Max is out like seven seconds ahead. He's gonna have to like come back in with the other boys and he's gonna have to like rebuild his lead. This happened in Zanvoort, I think. There was like the two safety cars and yeah, yeah, they yeah. kept like Max kept getting like brought back and having to like fight back through this, like through the the safety car. So I actually take it all back. I want Logan Sargent to be 
in this series every year for the rest of his life. Um, And the take I have been wanting to unveil to you guys is that I'm having a change of heart about a certain driver that I have talked a lot of shit about on this podcast. Oh, I think I know who, but this is exciting. I, who do you, wait, who do you think it is? Oh, I think it's George. It's George. I have decided (laughs) that I love George. I have decided (laughs) that I love him. And here's why. I, I, like, I, I realized we were watching the race. First of all, I watched, I, I, had my first experience of Formula One being at the worst fucking hour, like 1 a.m. I was like, okay, I'm going to like stay up. Right. 9.30. 9.30. I look at my boyfriend and I'm like, can we just watch the rerun in the morning? <laughs> there's there's no way. It's not happening. No chance. And I'm honestly it's glad like- I did it. I turned off all my notifications and I just woke up, made my coffee, watched the race. I forgot I wasn't watching it live. I was so invested. Um. And I have complained about George being annoying on this podcast, and I boiled it down to the fact that, like, he's British. Like, he just, like, annoys me for being British and posh. He's just very English. He's so English. And then he's, like, a petulant fucking little prince, like, on the radio during the races. And I'm always, like, he's always, like, I was forecast to podium. And I'm, like, shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. (laughs) <laughs> but I realized that there's another petulant British little prince who says the exact same shit on the radio. When Lando Norris starts being like a whiny little baby on the radio, I'm like, King! <laughs> I'm always like, he's so funny. Tell them, Lando, you are so fast. Go, baby. And I just realized I'm really holding them to like a really different standard that like, uh, that like, why is it that I have this one petulant baby British prince that is fun to me and one that's not? And the answer is that George is like so posh, and Lando seems to like be a little sillier, so I think it's funnier. But I just kind of realized like we need George, like we need him as a character on this grid, and he adds so much to so many of the races, like him that. That race that Carlos won at the end when the Mercedes are hunting down Lando and Carlos and George puts it into the wall. Oh, my God. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> it was amazing. It was everything. It added so much to the race. Incredible and then in this, it was so good. And then in this one. George decides he's going on a one-stop for some fucking reason. George is going on a one-stop race here. So Lewis Hamilton is behind him on fresh tires. Lewis Hamilton is behind him on fresh tires. And they go over the radio and they're like, George, let Lewis by. And George, George does his George thing of trying to like outsmart them and he's like no 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 actually like let me protect him and then we can actually just switch on the last lap like let me stay up here and there's like silence on the radio for a second and then they go that was an instruction (laughs) but that that also led to my favorite part of the whole thing which was carlos on the radio being like 
they're trying to do my move on me. I they see. are using my trick against me. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, he's perfect. I love him. Look what I wore. This is my Carlos Sainz tribute <gasps> tee. That's amazing. Not a visual that podcast, was. but I made sure. Incredible. Well, anyway, that's the take. I just, I, you know, I'm starting to realize that there's because this is it's my it's my stories and there are these guys that I want to win like I want to see the Ferraris win obviously I want to see the McLarens win I would be really happy to see either McLaren win a race that would be really exciting to me and I am starting to realize that like I actually love there's another layer of drivers that I love who I don't want to win a race I just appreciate what they bring to the table and they're George just good Bennett, characters some of them he's an amazing character he's an amazing character wins. oh my god yeah and, and just because also like imagine how excited lando's gonna be he's gonna be a freak about it see oh i'm I, gonna hate every minute my, of it i feel it's gonna drive yeah, no, me absolutely I I, nuts because to me he is a heel um I was just going to say, yeah, I think I, I feel just, like feel about Lando the way you felt about George, where I'm just like, he's just such a But I mean, <laughs> so this is part of my revelation is that recently, uh, so recently I was at a party with a bunch of people I don't know. And it was a bunch of like, it was a bunch of, I would say like people who are maybe, maybe five to 10 years older than me. And... Uh, I discovered that a couple of them were Formula One fans and I'm like in separate conversations. I'm like, who do you like? Who do you hate? And they're like, I hate Max. I hate Lando. I hate Lance Stroll. I'm like, okay, first of all, I love Lance Stroll. Like, I just like, I've started to notice that that's what I love is I love these freaks that everyone hates. And that's so what it is for me with Lando because he's the peak of it. He's this like curly haired little petulant brat. And he just is so, he's so funny to me and he's so good at driving. And he sells the shit out of it. Like he's absolutely he leaning into every bit of the character. And that's he's pulling and it off. Yeah. I also love his interactions with Oscar because Oscar is so just like a nice boy. Like Oscar is just like reasonable and like polite. Okay. So we need to give, we need to give Brit props because you have the hot take of Australian on the podium. Yeah. I'm quite, and I'm, I'm, I was more, I was like more emotionally invested in Oscar's success than I expected to be. Like he's just, he's just such a sweetheart. I said to Hayden before qualifying, I said, Oscar Piastri is going to get a podium this week. He's going to get his first podium this week. So I was also really invested in it. I was really, really happy to see that. I really wanted him. I really wanted it to be 2-3. I wanted that to be Piastri Norris. I'm no, I know. Sure. Me too. Me too. Um, but part of what I have really come to like about McLaren and kind of root for with McLaren is, one, that the car is good and that they have really improved over the course of the season. Like if they yeah. were still driving the way they were the first few races, I don't think I would be charmed by Lando. But – 
the fact that they've really like come into their own in the car as each of the drivers is really fun to me. And then I love the contrast of the two of them. Like Lando on the podium just going like absolutely fucking bonkers town. And Oscar's just like, hi. (laughs) Like right. Podium. (laughs) So that's – yeah, that's my my conversion. I'm – I love George now. Thank you, George. I'm so sorry I said anything mean about you ever. I want to offer this about George, too, is that unlike Lando, he's the number two on his team. And yeah, but while he's the number two, like it's a different vibe than than this. But my mind flashes to it because it's such a a thing that happened with me. It was when Albert Pujols bitched about me to USA Today. Because I had the audacity to ask Albert Pujols, like, um, about Mike Trout being so good, and you know what it what it's like watching his ascendancy to be one of the best players in the game, and Pujols took that as like, and like, and honestly, saying that like he, well, Trout had won the MVP, and I was like, do you think he's you know catching up? I don't remember exactly what it was that I asked. Pujols took it entirely the wrong way, but like, so sort of that sort of thing, like Pujols had accomplished all of this in the past. I don't know if Lewis has another championship ahead of him. George might. And he's got a case to be like, you guys should be doing more for me at this point to point me forward. Cause he's not beating max. That conversation has been had. You know, I think that's a, that's really interesting because I do think that that's part of what I didn't like about George that I am starting to appreciate is that he really carries himself with this sense of like, I'm going to be a world champion. Like he really, I think, ha- like acts yeah. and drives and talks. I, what annoys me about it is that he kind of gives me this vibe of feeling like he's like, in, he thinks he's entitled to it. I was forecast a podium. Like, babe, you didn't drive a podium race. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, right. you know, and that that is what made me crazy about him. But that now I'm kind of like, okay, King. Like, you know what? Like, if you think you have that in you, and you know what? You're right. He He might. He has a long time ahead of him in this sport. And – if Mercedes, Mercedes of all of these teams is probably most likely to get their car together in a way that can be competitive. And yeah, like it could be George. And I would love to see George and Max like really have to battle it out for, with each other. That would be fascinating. So here's my question, right? Because early in not last season, but the season before – when things were going really well for um, going really well for Charles and, you know, he was winning a bunch of races early on and stuff. And he seemed like the only one who could challenge Max. And then that sort of fell by the wayside, but Max made a comment about like how he really liked racing Charles. Cause it was just like good, clean racing. Cause they're both very competitive, but they're friendly and like whatever in a different way than like the very like, caddy somebody's gonna get hurt way that 
him the with him and Lewis had gone. Um and I sort of wonder because Max is a crazy person. I sort of wonder if if it was close, right? Like assuming that it's not a situation like it is now where he's winning by 20 seconds or whatever. I kind of wonder if racing against somebody that he doesn't like have a certain personal animosity toward would like be a detriment to him. Like, like would it be missing a little something if it was like late in the season and it was like just Charles or like just George and like they're competitive and whatever, but like he doesn't like kind of hate them. You know, here's what I like about George versus Charles. We've talked about this before. Like Charles couldn't make Max like lose his mind. Like we we settled on it was Lando who could really piss Max off. And I think that what I respect about George is I actually think if George was really racing with Max, not in the like Delulu way that George thinks he's currently racing with Max because he's not but if he really was, if he was winning races, if they were, if he was, you know, losing to Max by, I don't know, less than five seconds, <laughs> you know, like, I think George could be annoying and messy and petty and uppity in a way that could make Max go insane. And I think that, I think that they could bring that energy if they were really battling it out. Because Max is like a racing cyborg, obviously, who's <laughs> right. so blunt. And, you know, if it, you can see him being, you could see him like saying something really like pissy about Max. And George, um, like George is too, but he just says it in a really posh British accent, like British accent and acts like the like head boy. And I think they could be interesting foils. Mm-hmm. I mean, Max's top current foil is Christian Horner. So, <laughs> right, right. Think... Top current foil is his race engineer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Max versus Red Bull. Like, so I think you know what are there are some similar characteristics there in the way that um you could get under Max's skin and, yeah. and be the foil. I, I like that. Um. I don't have a, a good transition to this other than I will go I will go back to what you were saying before about the safety car and the need for Logan Sargent um, to, to be part of this to give us the excitement. There is no Formula One this weekend. There is NASCAR at Talladega uh, in the playoffs. And if you like chaos, if you like restarts, if you like giant crashes, if you yeah. like maybe some dudes punching each other after the race, that's a thing that sometimes happens. You never know. Um, yes. Okay, who should I root for? Oof. Um I mean, I I that is a longer conversation. who should you root <laughs> for in NASCAR is a longer conversation than I think we have time for well, on, I on meant the more later. specifically I would say. I, I'm I A would love to have that conversation. B, I heard a really good interview with um, Alex Palau, the IndyCar champion, and it made mm-hmm. me want to fall in love with IndyCar. Um, I'm totally open to take a motorsports journey. 
I meant more specifically at Talladega, what, you know, what in it, it, maybe this is also too long of a question, but kind of what are the storylines you're going to be pulling for? Who, who do you want to see take that victory? Maybe that's a better question. It is absolutely an anybody can win race because just of the nature of super speedways and there'll be a big wreck. It's not if it's when and how many, um, and whether you can avoid them is luck at Daytona. Um, Ty Gibbs crashed out of the lead and it was awesome. And it cost him a playoff spot and Bubba Wallace got in instead. Um, I'll be rooting for Bubba. I will also be rooting for Ross Chastain. Uh, because last year in the playoffs, he pulled off the move where he, the, the video game move of going along the wall and speeding up to uh, extend his playoffs. And that just made him my favorite race car driver. Just the, forever. The um, best. The best. Bubba pisses all the right people off, of course. And um, Brad Keselowski's spotter is the other host along with Bubba Spotter of um, the NASCAR podcast that I listened to, Door Bumper Clear. So uh, I guess those three, I also, I like Martin Truex. He seems cool. Um, I'm enjoying Denny Hamlin taking an all-out WWE-style approach to being a heel and, you know, calling the fans who give him the double middle fingers my 11s because he's, Car number 11s. He's like, they're all love to see my 11s out there. Oh my um, God. I literally love that. That I love is that. hysterical. It's, it's been a lot of fun this season in NASCAR with, with that. I root against Kyle Larson and the Hendrick motorsports team. Generally, they're the mm-hmm. Red Bull of the situation as much as anything. Although they, they didn't win last year. Uh, Ford won last year. Joe Ligano won last year, but he's out of the playoffs now. What team is Bubba on? Uh, Bubba is on the Michael Jordan-owned 2311 Racing, which is co-owned by Denny Hamlin. Okay. Um, Which is interesting because Denny's driving one car and then owns a car that he's racing against. Wow. That is funny. That's crazy. There's... That's one thing I also... uh, It's different, but I love something I really am still coming to appreciate in Formula One is um, McLaren is like Mercedes customer team, right? Or Aston Ma- The fact that some of them get their yeah. engines there from are- other teams on the grid, yeah. I love. There are several Mercedes engines out there. And like, I think that there's <sighs> um, multiple... There I, were, I'm, I there were a couple Hondas. I'm not sure if there still are. I don't remember if there's obviously still, there, there were a couple of Hondas. The, the Alfa Romeo Ferrari. The all the Alfa yeah, Romeo Alpha Ferrari. Ferrari. Um, and obviously there used to be Renault with Red Bull driving with the Renault engine back right. in the original Max Daniel days. I love I love that kind of overlap. It's so fun. I so that's a that's a fun one in NASCAR too. Yeah, in NASCAR, it's all Chevy, Ford, or Toyota. Um, okay. And then there are some teams that are like feeder teams like that, sort of. Um, there's it, It's a different structure and a different a different sport that is I, – I've How come many? to enjoy the hell out of it and realize that, like, as a racing fan, like, 
yeah, the crashes are always fun. It's always fun to see cars go zooming out and, you know, big fireballs, all that shit. But like the, the big fun of it is that it gives you more restarts. Yeah. So, okay. So how many cars are in Talladega? Like how many cars race at once in NASCAR? Is it always the same amount? I think it's 36. It's generally like 36 to 40 these days, depending on the track. Um, and the race is long, uh, which is the other thing that is a disadvantage to Formula One. But like, you can pretty much like flip back and forth between that and the witching hour, and and you'll be good to go. Well, that's fun. I will say, I love the length of the F one races. I love they're perfect. A tight seventy laps, two hours. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's awesome, and I feel like I have been on a goddamn journey, and it's short enough that I like can't look away the whole time. Yeah, it's. I just it's watch perfect. those boys that drive is... in squiggly little circles for two seconds. <laughs> That is the one complaint I have about NASCAR is that it's too long, but like that's the origins of it was like, you know, performance testing to show that yeah. you know, the 1952 Oldsmobile had the goods. Um, and also like NASCAR has put like every race they have available on their, just on their YouTube channel. Wow. I've been getting lost as hell in old NASCAR races that were like, some of them are like cut down to half an hour because it was on wide world of sports. Mm. So we're like, oh, here's I'm... Daytona, and now we'll Miss send you to British Open Golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what is the we... crossover audience for Daytona and British Open Golf? I don't know. Right. I mean, I, it's somebody. It, literally, yeah. are we not the crossover audience for oh, that exactly? Like, why is it your percent? Why have your percent? Is it not my father? Right. No, I was just going to say, why are all those sports was like the thing with like my dad, my grandfather, that it would all like, it would just be on because we would just, you know, it pops between things and we're like, oh, that's interesting. And then it's like, yeah, you move on with your day or or the world of whatever. Wide world of sports walked so Red Zone could run. Yeah. Yeah, red zone this week Speaking will of the not be hour. featuring. Yeah, let's let's go over to football because this is um, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time before Britt has to go back to work, uh, and and we have not yet discussed uh, Travis and Taylor. Um, oh my god! And, and Taylor and Swift. For, for once, I don't immediately have a meeting. I have to run to after this. So oh, thank God because I, we've re- we got to talk about this. I I. Since this is, there's a lot that's been talked about all over the internet, but it's Thursday and this is a thing that happened and uh, was reported today that, um, or just the story that was, uh, that was reported today. I just got to find it. Okay. This is from NorthJersey.com. Uh Taylor Swift will be at Jets versus Chiefs at MetLife, report says. Ticket prices are rising. Oh, my God. Wait, oh my God. Wait, wait, I didn't realize that she's going to be there. Oh, my God. It's, it's the Sunday night game this week. They're playing the Jets. Stop. I'm just imagining these Swifties who are not otherwise interested in football um, deciding to go to a 
Jets game. Um, I saw oh. a very good tweet on this topic. <laughs> um, let me find it. But this is okay. Let me just briefly back up and say, um, I know that we've talked this to death. It's Thursday. This happened on Sunday. That's five thousand years ago in the internet. But I was at our local dive bar that is they show every NFL game and we like to go have a late lunch there and, you know, watch all of our football at once. And so I'm watching there and the Chiefs game was on uh, one of the small – they don't have enough TVs. Like this is a <laughs> – they don't – they show every game and yet they don't have enough TVs to do this. So they, there's like one TV particularly where we're sitting that it literally – the Vikings game had been on it and I was like, babe, like look at – it looks like we're watching like a, a replay of a game from the 90s. Like it's so like, – it's so grainy and weird and tiny and we're like, ha, ha, ha. Um, and Kirk Cousins is currently my fantasy quarterback. So I'm like specifically Apologies. watching. Okay. I like don't even – you know what? I'm not going to talk about fantasy football on this podcast. It's – I'll tell you guys later about this whole thing because that's a whole thing. It's I didn't mean to we'll have, have a different happen. podcast about that. I'll come, to, I'll come tell the story there. Um, so I'm like watching Kirk Cousins and on this tiny TV and then the next game up is the Chiefs game. And so it's this, I'm like watching and all of a sudden they cut to Taylor Swift and I literally go, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I jump up like out of my seat to the point that my boyfriend literally goes, please stop. (laughs) Oh my God. And I... I mean, I started losing – like, I'm a, I'm really – I just – I really am a Swifty, and I fully thought that this was all fake. Like, and I think – like, look, I think they're – as my friend really convinced me today that, like, I think that, like, this is a little bit – I think that this is like a convenient thing. I don't think it's a PR thing, but, like, this is a very convenient situation for them both. I saw that Kelsey's jerseys have – his sales have gone up 400%. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay. While I find this tweet, tell me what you guys think about. And he's he's got this. the Amazon thing going. My other favorite thing is the Eagles having not only Jason Kelsey but DeAndre Swift as their running back. Perfect. Oh my god! Perfect. Right. I mean, Taylor Swift. Let's all remember, beautiful not from Nashville, uh, though she might like to have to thought. No. Is an Eagles fan. She is an Eagles and fan. And really, uh, allegedly, is an Eagles fan. Uh, God, it's so funny. Um, no, I think that there's there's a good Philadelphia conspiracy that, like, she is doing this to get Travis's head out of the game and help the Eagles' Super Bowl chances. Which is hysterical. I mean, except for I will say, I think that this will only – Lock Travis Kelsey in. I think that Travis Kelsey for like for this because Travis Kelsey publicly thirsted over Taylor Swift for like right. some time. Like right, this is he, like, he's in like he's been he the friendship bracelet, right? Yes, he took he took a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it to her concert, and then was unable to give it to her. And then, like, I think was on Instagram being like, Taylor, like, I still would love to give this to you, girl. Like, call. Right. <laughs> and 
<laughs> well, so that's why I agree with you that I do think it's a convenience thing. I think uh, my dude, I think shoot or shoot, I think he went for it. And she was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so now yeah. she's like going to football games. Because, I think it's like, too. Girl, girls on the rebound doesn't. Right. No, who, right. Who doesn't right. like going to a football game occasionally? Like. And here's here's the thing. I love her for that. I love her because fundamentally, Taylor Swift is acting like any of us would in her shoes. Right. Like, right. absolutely, she's recently gotten out of a long relationship and a professional athlete is like, hey, girl, want to hang out? Right. And what not I like know. about not know, as my as my fellow Swifty friend noted to me today, the convenience for Taylor, because I said, I don't buy this as a PR relationship. Neither no. of them need a what? PR relationship. Right. Taylor Swift is the most famous person in the entire world at the absolute top of her game right now. Travis Kelsey went to like three Super Bowls in the last five years. Right. Like, like they're both fine. They don't I see, need I this. See Travis Kelsey like every other commercial break when I'm watching TV yes. right now. Yeah. Like, An Amazon however, Prime documentary show, yeah, reality like, show, whatever the heck it he's is. Everywhere. He's and everywhere. And his podcast is like extremely popular. He's like definitely developed a younger fan base, I think, from being like the brothers being funny in TikTok clips of their podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will but, say, I think the other, the other element of it being convenient, and this is maybe where I become a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but again, uh, as a Swifty, it feels appropriate. Um, I think this is also like the perfect sort of distraction to, uh, the like, uh, vigilante shit, goodbye, Earl, uh, nobody, no crime, ing. Oh my um, God. Of Joe Jonas that is clearly oh being God. plotted with Sophie Turner. We are going to kill Joe Jonas and we're not going to know because Taylor Swift's alibi is being like, hi, I'm at the Jets game. <laughs> and also because, look, if she did it, right. we would have an I am Spartacus moment, like, uh, to just an astronomical scale. Like, every Swift would be like, nope, I'm the one who killed him. And they would be like, well, fuck, what do we do now? Like, here's, here's my feeling on this, though, is... Yeah, killing Joe Jonas is a victimless crime, mostly. Um, <laughs> mostly. What Taylor Swift is going to do by showing up at this game um, <laughs> is expose people who would otherwise have no reason to know anything about it to New York Jets football. And I feel like that's irresponsible <laughs> of her. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the winner of this, however, I and I, the winner of this, not on the football field for sure, because the Kansas City's going to murder those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, much in the way that Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner are going to conspire to murder Joe <laughs> I'm Jones. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. You don't have faith in my Mormon brother, Zach Wilson, leading <laughs> the Jets to a heroic victory over the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I do. Oh. I do not. And... And here, here is why, and this ties back, um, later this afternoon as we record this on Thursday, so by the time people have heard this, it'll already be on the feed, uh, I did a podcast with Sophie Ross, who is a Bengals fan, and she was talking about how she felt so sad for Zach Wilson and that he's so adorable and like he looks like he does. 
doesn't deserve <laughs> all of this shit that's happening to him. And yes, he does. That is a very baseline view of Zach Wilson that a lot of people are going to get, um, which will make Zach Wilson a big winner out of this because um, wow. he is a predator um, of a certain nature not necessarily you know an out of bounds sort of predator but he's he's i mean i think what they would describe is on the make um that old term oh god always on the make and he's he's just gonna show up there looking sad and cute and pathetic and losing by 30 points he's gonna Um, he's he's absolutely the winner they're gonna like cut to him at the end, and you're gonna see him like silently mouth like "Hot moms, call me." <laughs> <laughs> oh He's like, my I need God. a mommy. You know, in so many ways, <laughs> I think like Logan Sargent and Zach Wilson are bringing a lot of the same vibe to the table. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It is so it is so low yeah. certainty of him to go out there in this, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna compliment the Williams car here. From my from what I understand at this point in the season, people don't think it's the worst car on the grid. Like it has that really good straight line speed. It's like a pretty good car. Obviously, it's not amazing, but like it's a fairly good car. Not amazing, the but it's there's not a driver Haas. on the grid who can get points with it occasionally. Right. Yes. It's not Haas or Alfa Romeo right now. Right. The Jets. It's a pretty fine car for a quarterback <laughs> to climb on into. You know, they've got they've got uh, like a good defense. They've got some good, you know, offensive pieces here. You should really be able to pop a quarterback in there and you know, you can take the straight line speed you can lead the drs train in seventh place (laughs) but zach wilson is gonna crash the car right into a fucking wall in front of taylor swift yeah yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome and just like i love and cherish and have never said anything bad about logan's what logan Sargent brings to the table i'm gonna say (laughs) thank you zach wilson that was so entertaining love it Love it. Um, current scoreboard, uh, Zach Wilson, two touchdown passes, four interceptions on the season. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Mike White, uh, one touchdown pass, uh, no interceptions. He's only thrown the two passes, one of uh, it, both of those uh, in the 70-point uh, game that the Dolphins uh, put up. Jesus. <laughs> Dude. It made me look up Mike White's stats once again. As I saw, he he threw a freaking bomb. Uh, I mean, you have to imagine it was awesome. You have to imagine that the Jets are like, "Fuck, <laughs> should have kept Mike White." <laughs> right, which is not a thought In anyone so should have. Like, that's not that's not a way to live. I mean, I also just want to note that the Dolphins got 70 points without Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not. Yeah. My boyfriend's a the Dolphins Broncos fan, are... so we were having a lot of 
It was the Dolphins literally getting 70 points. We're Googling most points ever scored in an NFL game. Like, as Taylor Swift appears, I was like, I feel like I'm in a fever dream right now. There's so much happening. What is happening? And I had a moment. It's 72. It was 72. So if they had gotten a field goal, they would have beat it. Um, It was Scorigami also, first game ever in NFL history to be 70 to 20. Kind of fun. I and we I just will, I, uh, I was just gonna say, oh, go you know, similarly to the moment I had of reflecting on like I'm you know, fall in <laughs> here's a crazy Addy sentence. Here's a the most insane transition <laughs> of all time. In traditional Chinese medicine, fall is the season. <laughs> Oh, I think a lot of places that could go, and that was not yeah, it. Okay. That was not traditional it. Traditional Chinese medicine, continue. fall is the season. Well, in traditional Chinese medicine, all the seasons are associated with various emotions, and fall, the season, is a season of grief. And I really, ever since I've learned that, I've always really felt that. That feels really energetically true to me. That goes back to the A. Bartlett Giamatti bit that I read to you, Green Fields of the Mind. Um, and... You know, I, I just feel like it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Sargent's green fields have turned to. <laughs> oh but my I mean, God. anyway, in traditional Chinese medicine, there's, you know, with that grief, there's a lot of like reflection on the past. It's a very, you know, and I've definitely been, you know, I had this reflection I shared of thinking back to the start of the med season. And similarly, when I'm, screaming about Taylor Swift, like having this intense conversation about the Dolphins, like checking my fantasy football team, like quite anxiously. I had a moment of being like, who am I? Like, I didn't used to be like this. And it really is, you know, it it was red zone. It was red zone. I think that with the NFL in particular, I was just like, this is perfect. So, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I have one gripe about Red Zone, and I will uh, put it here because this is the time that we are cutting towards the end of our show. Uh, <laughs> when they are like, when Scott Hansen comes on at like 7.15 p.m. and it's like, Okay, there's only one game left. If you want to see the end of Raiders Chargers, you're going to have to tune to your local CBS affiliate. Fucking why? You are the NFL. Yeah, you can't show the last quarter or whatever it is of that game. 100%. No, and and, I mean, in part, it's probably like they should let Scott pee now, you know? (laughs) Sure. Right. Right. man's put in a full day he's got time to do that at halftime of the late window or like as the third quarter is starting in the late window i read a reddit ama with him where he says he doesn't usually pee at all during seven hours of commercial free football that's insane i was like okay well i would be needing antibiotics tomorrow then i'm like sir (laughs) please your your kidneys are begging you um He's got to be drinking, too, to keep his voice. He's talking. You've got to hydrate while you're doing that. So that just seems like. Again, I would need antibiotics. So, I mean, I got to say, I'm, as 
apparently an NFL freak and a died in the wool Swifty. A died in the wool, the wool, whatever. Um, cardigan. Boy. Yeah, Cardigan. Cardigan. <laughs> wow, great song. I'm going to listen to it after this. I'm excited. I'm so excited that I literally I didn't know she's coming to the Jets game. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I did send you guys incredible tweet that I saw that really made me laugh, which was a yeah. screenshot of Maggie yes. Haberman from last night during the GOP debate, which didn't know that was happening. I was a political reporter for my entire career until very recently. <laughs> um <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's from her live, like live blogging the GOP debate, and it just says this is unwatchable, <laughs> and then the tweet says Swifties watching the Jets on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to turn many otherwise uninterested people into football fans by showing them the Jets, but we're gonna, we're gonna see what happens. And the... I mean, the Chiefs like blew out whoever they played last week too. Like they uh, maybe they don't. Maybe like if you're just starting to watch football, maybe you don't know what a fun game looks like yet. So maybe it won't hurt that bad. Yeah, they they did play the Bears, who are legitimately worse than the Jets because the Jets yeah they're can terrible play defense. Like the Jets have everything in place except for a quarterback and their solution to that was this week to sign Trevor Simeon to the practice squad so it's going great for them yeah um, going great J-E-T-S Jets 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 Love you. <laughs>